You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? This is Jimmy Kemsky of PhillyVoice.com. With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Gowton of BleedingGreenNation.com. We are here. I'm here. Brandon's there. After day two of Eagles training camp practices, both days were kind of short. About an hour and a half yesterday. About an hour 40, hour 45, something like that today. How are you doing, Brandon? Jimmy, always glad to be back here with you. On this episode of BGN Radio 134, of course, brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. And now you can get the same meat snacks that the Eagles do by going to RighteousFelon.com and using discount code BGN15 at checkout. Uh, Jimmy, there's a lot to talk about. Let's just get to it. Where do you want to start? Yeah. Uh, let's start O-line because I guess the first thing in practice, before practice, you know, we were told that uh, there were quote-unquote maintenance days, or as I like to put them, old guy days mm. for uh, Jason Kelsey, Deshaun Jackson, and Malik Jackson. So uh, yesterday we learned that a bunch of guys were injured that we didn't know about, one of them being Jason Peters, who's day-to-day. Uh, he actually suited up today, but you know didn't really participate much. So he and Kelsey were both out of the lineup, meaning that from left to right, and I already closed my notes for the day, but from left to, left to right, the offensive line was Dillard at left tackle, who's hurt, by the way, and is playing through some pain in training camp, which kudos to him for that. Uh, Matt Pryor at left guard, which is noteworthy because he's only played right guard and right tackle in the past. Uh, Isaac at center, filling in for Kelsey. Nate Herbig yeah. at right guard. And then, of course, Lane at right tackle. And do you have any other takeaways other than that? Well, you know, I did mention yesterday that Herbig was like that sixth offensive lineman. So it seems like he's yes. in good standing with the coaching yeah. staff. Like they kept yeah. him on the you know the roster all last year, didn't really play. They seem to like like him. I think that's a good sign for his chances of making the team. Um, just want to say in the Peters front though, like, man, like the season starts in uh, not too long <laughs> yeah. here and, uh, he's not exactly like getting reps as he is making this transition from tackle to guard, like kind of feels significant. I always like reporter questions, by the way, where the word balance is in there. So it'll be mm-hmm. like, uh, Jason, uh, how do you balance your need for, you know, getting ready for the season at a position you've never really played before versus... The fact that you're 38 years old and you need days off here and there. So, yeah, I mean, but but that's, I guess that's kind of the balance that the Eagles have to try to find there. And uh, he's sort of been inactive the last few days, which, you know, I think it's all right, I guess. But if it continues on longer, uh, you know, that's certainly concerning. We haven't seen him at all yet, obviously, at right guard. So we'll get a, a an idea of how he looks there in time. But, uh, really? <laughs> I, imagine, I imagine that JP... Uh, feels like he can probably do anything. And that's what Jeff Stoutland had said, too. Basically, the players look at Jason Peters like he can do anything. So I guess the team is also taking that approach, uh, which is interesting. But 
Jimmy, I want to talk about the quarterbacks because obviously that was a sure. big takeaway for me. That's what I led my notes on BleedingGreenNation.com with. Didn't really think this was the best day for Carson Wentz, so the Eagles should probably cut him. Cut obviously, cut him for sure. Yeah, got to cut him. Um, but seriously, though, it just had some like inaccurate passes. Only was like uh, all bad. Um, he had a good throw to Zach Ertz over the middle at one point. Uh, he threw a touchdown pass to JJ Arthur Whiteside, who is back at practice. Didn't really do much in team drills, but I. Th- Unless I'm wrong, I thought I saw him in the, in the, during red zone drills. Now, obviously, I didn't see him at all. I mean, I missed that. That must have been during one on ones. Then no, it was like t- no. it was team red zone, and he came off after that. And I, I was pretty sure it was him because like he had a he had that sleeve on his leg, and I was or his, uh, that, that, oh on his leg. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. So I'm pretty sure it was him, but yeah, it was weird. Anyway, also had a nice throw on the final play of practice to John Hightower. Just you know, beauty dropped it, dropped it right Little touch in, pass. In, in the uh, in the bread basket, as they say, for touchdown. So, yep. you know, not all bad. But uh, who I was impressed with and have been impressed with through these two days, Jimmy, and uh, a clear stock up, I have to say, you know, Jalen Hurts. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think yeah, he was good. good today. Yeah. Uh, he did a little more running than passing today, which you don't really want to see that in training camp, I guess. Like, you know, you kind of want to see them throw the ball a little bit more. But uh, he is impressive as a runner. So, like, when I did my rookie comparison series – uh, earlier this offseason, I compared him to Dak Prescott. And mm. him, he, as a runner, reminds me a little bit of Dak in that he can run by you or he can run through you. Except the difference is Hertz is significantly faster than Prescott. So I think he's, you know, if and when he gets a chance to play uh, this season or down the line or whatever, uh, you're going to see him, you know, sort of be more explosive than a guy like Prescott. We'll see in time, you know, how he actually throws the ball. But he, you know, in that red zone series uh, at the end of practice, near the end of practice, rather, he ran a few times. He actually juked the living crap out of, was it Marcus Epps? It was Marcus Epps. And then later, they ran a little play action to the left, and he kind of ran a little waggle or boot or whatever to the right side, and he found uh, found Perkins in the back of the end zone. So, yeah, I think he had an encouraging day. He did get picked at one point. Mm-hmm. He threw a laser over the middle. I thought it was actually a pretty good ball. That uh w- would have been on target, except uh, Hightower fell down on the play. It was picked by by another rookie, uh, Kayvon Wallace. I'm going back to the football outsiders all not well here, Jimmy. But yes. Jalen Hurts <laughs> led all players in college football, not just quarterbacks, all players in college football with 17 red zone touchdowns last year. Okay, and uh, I would think like you don't want to take the ball out of Carson Wentz's hands in the red zone because he's a very good red zone quarterback and obviously yeah. just a good quarterback in general. Um, but I wonder, like, if the Eagles will kind of look to get him involved. If they are going to get him involved in the offense somehow, um, maybe, if not their short-yarded situations, because his mobility definitely just stands out, and it's definitely a weapon, and it just makes it tougher for defenses to have to deal with him when he's just, like, rolling out like that. Because, like you said, um, <clears throat> it's kind of just the combination of things. It's not just, like, you have mobile guys who, yeah, might not be as physical, and obviously we don't get to see that full physicality on display in practice, but he is just really fast. Yeah, I just I, you just notice that. Like when he takes off, like he's just he's gone. Um so yeah, really impressed with Jalen Hurts so far. Um just and and a different and like to kind of contrast it here with Nate Sudfeld, like I don't think Nate Sudfeld has been bad through two days of training camp, but like he just he doesn't really stand out to me in a good way at all. Like I can't like I almost forget he's I mean I know he's there. I don't actually forget he's there. But just don't really, like, notice a ton great or bad from him. Whereas, like, Jalen Hurts, I've just seen, you know, more positive flashes. Nate had a really nice throw over the middle in seven-on-sevens. But uh, I know, I, but I, I understand your point, and I agree. 
just like when you watch a guy like Hertz and you watch a guy like Sudfeld, you clearly see that Hertz is a more talented player. <laughs> you know, like, and I don't think it's really all that close. I would not take Carson Wentz off the field under any circumstances in the red zone. I mean, that's a guy like he threw over the last three years, he's thrown 60 touchdown passes versus one interception, mm-hmm. which is crazy. So I wouldn't be taking him off the field in that situation. Like, this is one of the best things he does is, is playing the red zone Wentz. But, and I, I probably wouldn't take him off the field really on, under any circumstances. But what they do have at a minimum is a guy, I believe, that is going to, uh, you know, be a good back. Well, I guess I can't say at a minimum he's going to be a good backup. We'll see. But um, if he is a good backup, what you are going to have in Hurts is a guy that has definitive uh, athletic ability and can do some things a lot of other quarterbacks can't do. And is going to give the Eagles sort of a different look uh, to opposing defenses if he has to fill in for Wentz for a game or two or longer. Jimmy, you you noticed a different different. I don't know why I can't talk. You noticed a different Jalen in practice yes. today. Uh, why don't you talk a little bit more about Jalen Rager, who I saw yeah. had a good catch in one on one, but uh, you noticed him in kind of different ways where he didn't yeah. even actually make catches. Yeah, so he didn't uh, make a lot of catches today, which is fine. Uh, he actually his reps were kind of. My understanding is his reps were down uh, today as opposed to yesterday. Uh, we got a text from the Eagles just sort of on. Uh, background i guess uh noting that he didn't get he actually got a decent number of special teams reps but not as many on team and that sounds right because i i did see like a lot of deontay burnett and robert davis and those kinds of guys in there more today than i did in, in, in the other day so i didn't get that many reps but there were two plays that really stood out to me with rager today one was in one-on-ones where he was being covered albeit by a uh undrafted rookie uh, free agent michael jaquette uh, Brandon Lee Gowden favorite Michael Jaquette that is mm. and he toasted him like he had a couple steps on him and it was a ball that was a little bit over slightly overthrown by Hertz and you just saw Rager's like sort of last explosiveness like like the last explosive step in uh in trying to lunge for the ball uh, as it was coming down and it was really impressive like he he like pulled away from Jaquette sort of definitively and he he got two hands on the ball, like two, you know, not, I wouldn't say he, it was close to maybe calling it a drop. And I, I, I wouldn't have called it a drop, but he did get, you know, fingers from both hands on the ball, but did, wasn't able to bring it in. But you just saw his explosiveness, like, clearly on that play. And then later, there was a play where uh, it was an overthrow over the middle. And this was a throw that, like, 90% of receivers would just look at and, like, not even try to go up for it. It was, like, significantly overthrown. And... Rager went up like he jumped for it and the hops that that kid has are ridiculous like he got way up for that ball didn't get it uh and it caused me to like I knew I remember from his spider chart that his vertical jump was like way up in the 90s and uh, as it turns out it was like you know his 97th percentile but he he had a 42 inch vertical jump at the combine and we saw that on the field today like that kid can jump he is a very explosive lower half very fast, he can jump, and I think he's, you know, at a, like, even if he doesn't have a ton of catches this year or over his career, he's going to be a guy that opposing defenses are absolutely going to have to respect down the field, which, like, we've mentioned this over and over again with Deshaun, you have to respect him, and if you do, it's going to open up so many things underneath for guys like Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard and Miles Sanders. Leaping ability should help out, you know, because he, he he does look a little tiny in terms of uh, height. You know, he's only 5'11", yeah. and he looks it, too. It looks like he looks shorter considerably when you see him standing next to the other receivers, too. 
Um, but obviously, yeah, we've talked about like that leaping ability can help, especially if he's going to take on like that X role, not really the traditional body type for an X receiver, but he has that strength and he has the athleticism to kind of compensate for that a little bit. Um, so that's encouraging. Um, you know, definitely haven't seen like too much bad from Jalen Rager other than the drop punts on, on day one, which, you know, that could come with time and we'll even see if he's handling punt. Uh, return. Duty. I think he will. By the way, I think he is going to be the punt returner. I think he should. He, you look at his numbers from college; like you, you better give him a look there. Like, yeah. Who, who else are you putting out there? Although, I will mention that it could be Quez Watkins. I don't think it will be, but I'm bringing up Quez Watkins to me because he has also shined. I feel like. Yeah. We're mm-hmm. talking about rookie receivers, specifically. And so is Hightower. All three of them. <laughs> I think Hightower too. All three too. of them have, have had their moments. I, I agree. I would say that. Carson Wentz seems to have some kind of level of trust in Watkins. Like he, he's thrown okay. to him a number of times, and, okay. and and I don't think that's relevant. I believe they worked out in Houston uh, this off season, so maybe that kind of helped they, a little they bit. Absolutely did. Yeah, he was in. He was. Uh, he, I think you actually even put this out, like he, okay. he, uh, on his on his Instagram account, right? Yeah. On Quest I remember, Watkins' Instagram. I remember account. Rager did with um, Wentz. I can't. I couldn't remember specifically with Watkins, but yeah, yeah actually, yeah. Now I'm thinking about it. Yeah, I think he did. I think Watkins worked out with both uh, Rager and Hertz, which had okay. me confused. He, like separately, because it was like separate. They were in separate okay. areas. But uh, but yeah. So I think that's kind of paid off a little bit. It seems like, like Carson has some kind of level and trust in him. Carson missed a, a deep pass, a little too far out in front for Watkins. But just to see him targeting Watkins seems like a good sign to me. Um, I wanted to move on to the offensive line, Jimmy. Did you have anything else on the receivers? Uh, yeah, I mean, like, just when you look at those three guys, like, I think Rager's going to be good. I should, I'm, I'm <laughs> convinced fairly early that I think he's going to contribute this year and is going to be a good receiver in the NFL. I mean, I don't know if that's an overreaction this early or not, but just you look at his raw athleticism, it's hard to figure out how he's not going to be, you know, some he's not going to contribute in some way. If he can, if he pans out, and either one of Watkins or Hightower pans out, then you have to feel pretty good about the wide receiver position long term on this in, in this offense. So it's 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 kind of a it's a big deal if uh, one of those later round picks, Hightower in the fifth or Watkins in the sixth, becomes you know some kind of productive player in the NFL. And it's early, but I kind of let off my notes yesterday talking about how uh, like Miles Sanders kind of just impressed from the jump in training camp last year and Rager has kind of reminded me of that so far and again it's early we'll see but um yeah encouraging so far offensive line I I got a chance to watch the uh one-on-ones up close for a little bit earlier in practice where most of the reporters oh good because I got the other one I got got the later one-on-one so yeah let's hear let's see what you let's uh hear what you thought the one-on-one session one this wasn't even planned, you know. This is just natural talent here between me and Jimmy, just you know, <laughs> working off right. each other. It's not even right. uh, <laughs> without even needing to plan it. But uh, Andre Dillard thought significantly. Uh, wanted to mention him because he earned praise for stuffing Josh Sweat at one point, and like the coaching staff and teammates were really gassing up uh, Andre Dillard, which seems to be like a big emphasis not only on the field but also like in the media. Like everyone who's talking about Andre Dillard has like gone out of their way or, or made sure to like really talk about him effusively. Uh, Nate Herbig might be like stock up in terms of how the coaches trust him, but not so good on the one-on-ones. Obviously got uh, handled by Fletcher Cox, which, you know, yeah. uh, of course that's going to happen. But he also got beat by Anthony Rush, too, on a bull rush. So, mm. I mean, that's, that's in his name, Anthony Anthony Rush. Bull You're not going to so. see anything else out of out of him. It, it's going to be straight bull rushes from a 350-pound dude. Yeah. so He's not going to try to be beating you around the edge of speed. <laughs> I thought Jariga looked good. Like he, there was a rep where he got driven back by Hassan Ridgeway, but he like he didn't let him get by him. He like he kept him within his frame. 
Uh, Ridgeway, by the way, um, was looking good in those drills. Like he was, he was beating multiple guys. He uh, he was earning praises, praise from coaches and teammates alike as well. I think that's encouraging because I thought he kind of showed promise last year, early in yeah. the season. And then uh, Matt Pryor, I will note, uh, had a really good strike on Joe Osman and okay. a- another play that kind of just really uh, earned praise from the coaching staff. So some good things there from. Uh, not only your starter and Andre Dillard, but some of the key backup. Well, bad stuff from from Herbig, but good stuff from uh, from Matt Pryor. So, and then Jariga again, just kind of that long term potential the team might like. What about you? What did you see? Actually, uh, the notes that I have are on guys that are that, that you didn't mention at all, which is good. Hmm. Well, I will note first of all that Pryor in the past has always looked like an All Pro in these one on ones. Yes, that's right. And then, and then in the preseason, it's kind of been a little bit of a different story, but. Uh, the three guys that I noted, at least on the offensive line, well, first guy was uh, Jack Driscoll, who had a nice rep uh, against the aforementioned Anthony Rush. Uh, again, like he's not going to be trying to beat you with speed around the edge. So there's no mystery about what he's going to do. He's going to try to bull rush you. But uh, Driscoll, anch- Driscoll anchored nicely uh, against him, uh, which is a good sign because uh, Driscoll kind of had the same concerns coming out of college that Dillard did in that there's no worries at all about his athleticism. Like, he's, you look at his spider chart, and it's, it's very impressive. But uh, in terms of functional strength, uh, the, the feeling was that he needs to get some work done in the weight room. So uh, good to see him anchor against Rush. Uh, Prince Teguinogo had a bunch of nice reps. Stonewalled mm. uh, Jannard Avery a few times. And uh, <laughs> uh, like, uh, who'd you say? Oh, Dillard. Like, uh, like Dillard against Sweat. Uh, Winogo did a good job sort of steering sweat around the circle, uh, you know, kind of around the bend where he wouldn't be a threat to, uh, Connor Barwin, who you also mentioned, I saw in your notes, yes. was serving as the, uh, quarter, the fake quarterback in that drill. The guy who really looked bad <laughs> was Jordan Mailata. Oh, uh, yeah. He got, he got obliterated by Casey Tuhill on an inside spin. And if you'll recall last year, you probably had this in your notes last year. Mylotta really struggled with that inside spin move, specifically against Joe Osman. Yes. Just like Joe Osman going against Mylotta last year really kind of helped his stock, I think. <laughs> and then and we're finding out maybe that might have been a little bit artificially helping his stock. How dare because you? He was, he was killing Mylotta last year. And uh, Tuhill obliterated him on, a, on an inside spin. On the next rep between those two guys, Tuhill um, went outside on him, got under him, and was able to push him back into borrowing. So there's two reps in a row that Tuhill really got the best of Mylotta. Didn't yeah, did not look good for Mylotta on on those one on one drills. Yeah, I, I wrote in my notes that Brandon Graham cooked Jordan Mylotta. <laughs> did he? Okay. Yeah. And then um, BG also mentioned, or BLG, I should say, Brandon Lee Graham. Uh, I believe in his conference call mentioned that he's been impressed with quote Jake, which he was referring to Jack's <laughs> Jack. school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's a good sign for a Jack, that's classic Jack BG right there. Yeah. Is, I, I will say with Mylotta, I'm, I'm guessing if he was going against uh, Brandon Graham, he was playing on the right side. Uh, sure. Because he was play- when I watched him, he was playing on the right side too, which to note is his uncomfortable side, as he mentioned last year. So he came into the league. He learned how to play left tackle. They tried to cross-train him at left tackle and right tackle last year. Didn't go well at right tackle. So like I, it is worth noting that he was on, his right, it was on the right side when I watched him, and I assume he was on the right side if he was going against BJ when you watched him. <clears throat> All right, Jimmy, we'll take a break here. Back after this. Back here on BGN Radio, episode 134, training camp report edition, day two of Eagles training camp 2020. Uh, we are switching to the defense, who really had the, the better of the offense today, Jimmy. Um, in a lot of ways, I thought the defense showed up 
and uh, after kind of a quiet day one as well. Um, is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. I think the offense, uh, quote unquote, the quote chip, uh, won the day <laughs> yesterday, and uh, they turned it around today. Big guy for me, uh, right off the bat, was Jalen Mills, who had sort of. Would you call that the play of the day? His pick six. Uh, yeah, pick that's six fair. That's fair. Yeah, he he uh, went through through a little short uh, dump down over the middle. And uh, Mills seemed to be able to read Wentz, Wentz's eyes and uh, jumped in front of that and picked it off and, and took it the distance. So uh, good, uh, good. I'm sure Jim Schwartz loved to see that uh, out of Mills, A, because he loves Mills, and B, because Mills has taken over a very important position in the defense that was vacated by Malcolm Jenkins this, uh, this offseason. So uh, good to see from the Eagles' perspective that, uh, that, that Mills made a play like that today. Nickel Roby Coleman also dropped an interception from Carson Wentz, almost came up with it. Um, so he almost made a big play. The linebackers were active. TJ Edwards blew up a screen. I uh, just did a really good job of like de- diagnosing it and just, just mm. got there. And, you know, if it was a game, he would have lit the running back up like <laughs> full force. Um, also, there was a play. Did you see this, Jimmy, where Deontay Barnett just got like, <laughs> yes, he <just> got destroyed. <laughs> Sean <by> Bradley. <laughs> Sean Bradley, who a second day in a row is kind of standing out, making some plays, the, uh, the Temple yeah. guy. Not a Tommy Lawler favorite. I don't know if you saw Tommy Lawler's post. I did see that. I knew that from before the draft. Not to rip Tommy. (laughs) Right. Sean Bradley, by the way, is my official first guy to get in a fight prediction. Oh, of course. He's gonna he is going to piss off a veteran at some point. Well yeah, you're telling me the guy who like actively goes out and like does intel on his opponent's girlfriend so he can like talk trash to them, might get in a fight. Yeah, I'd buy that one. I also want to note that um Duke Riley was back at practice today. You know, we had mentioned he was out due to illness on Monday, but yes. he, he was the third linebacker too in base defense with you know Nate Gary and Edwards as the top two guys. So that's a, that's significant. That's worth noting. Yeah, um, <clears throat> want to point out a guy who didn't do so well on defense, and to me that was Sidney Jones, who yes, he had some rough moments. He got beat badly by Robert Davis in one on one. Did you also see this play where like maybe you didn't? Cause you're watching one on one. I don't know if this was seven on seven or eleven on eleven, but he, he went up for this leaping pass breakup. Uh, on a Sudfeld throw, and like he just entirely missed on it, <laughs> and like Josh Perkins is just wide open behind him for like this big catch and run. So, uh, you know, not the best from him today. And it should be noted that you know Avante Maddox is still like taking a hundred percent of the reps as cornerback too. So this idea that it's not a competition. Sports, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's not a competition. It's not a competition. Like we've been saying this all off season. Some people have kind of pushed back on that. Some people have been like, oh, this is Sidney Jones' breakout season. I mean, he's not going to play unless you know there's an injury. Uh, to to really you know to either um, Maddox or Slay and then Douglas you know Rizzo Douglas really isn't pushing for playing time either like he had a deflection at one point that was good on a Hertz throw then he also got beat deep by Watkins on that deep play I talked about earlier where Carson Wentz just overthrew Watkins a little bit so I mean, yeah he got I mean, beat Maddox, he got beat deep by a uh, high tower on day one as well and then also yes. like we saw him we saw him get beat by somebody else deep. On uh, th- like there were videos that leaked from the that was Watkins, days of, yeah from the yeah from the days of oh is that what you were just talking about just now no but that oh okay I mean, so, so yeah, a different time that he got beat by Watkins deep these videos leaked out in the pre uh, media attended practices so yeah I mean it's not, it shouldn't be a huge shock huge shock that uh, Rizzo is getting beat deep uh, as as plenty of people did uh, a season ago but uh, yeah that's kind of carried over into this training camp. Anything else on the defense, Jimmy? Yeah, you covered Bradley. I wanted to touch on him. Um, you know, speed guy. Uh, Tom, Tommy's issue with him is that he doesn't take on 
he's he's sort of apt to avoid blocks as opposed mm-hmm. to stacking and shedding. But as far as the speed goes, he is flying around out there, so uh, that's good to see. I, I agree that Sidney Jones didn't have a great day. He did have a diving interception. Okay, so that I think it was during one on ones, but uh, that was against. Uh, he was covering Adrian Killens, who <laughs> okay. the Eagles the Eagles have like working out at wide receiver instead of running back. Uh, I don't think he's he, he looks kind of out of place. I think so far uh, as a wide receiver. I guess that'd be it for me. I would agree that Ridgeway, by the way. Uh, going back to just one-on-ones for a second, mm-hmm. he went up against Herbig twice, uh, owned him the first time, and then uh, Herbig did a better job uh, against him on a second round. So I agree that, that he sort of stood out a little, little bit there when, when I was watching those sessions. But other than that, really, the, 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 the big takeaway today was the play that Mills made. It's really important for him you know, to sort of be able to play that. Uh, he's not going to be as good as Malcolm Jenkins. Like I think we can probably confidence, confidently say that before the season begins but mm-hmm. if he can play that position competently uh then you know it's that they you know maybe the defense won't suffer as we as much as we thought it might when the eagles decided to let you know malcolm jenkins go i you know i, I don't replay on this so maybe i am wrong but i kind of remember carson Wentz like picking on mills a little bit i felt like a couple of his, they weren't like big plays but some of the shorter mm-hmm. receptions or shorter completions carson Wentz had today i felt like mills was often in that area so it almost okay. seemed like he might have been like picking on him in short coverage i don't know if that's a thing or not kind of just you know kind of, i didn't even write it down i was just kind of in the back of my head now that I, yeah. i'm thinking about it um but yeah um i think it could have been worse could be worse for mills and uh, just a couple other quick defensive notes, I guess, that I had here. You know, Nick Gary um, had a, a pick six, basically. Now, you know, ball went through Corey Clement's hands. Yeah, it bounced right off of Clement, yeah. Um, but there is something to Gary, I think, about, like, he's he's kind of aware. And I wanted to uh, exemplify that by he didn't fall for a surprise onside kick that the Eagles were doing when they were doing oh, uh, okay. kickoff drills. I don't know if you saw that. but yeah, I did he, see the onside kick, but I didn't get a good view of what actually happened on it. I did say they, they tried one. Yeah, and it was just good awareness. Like, he didn't turn his back, you know, too early. Kind of, you know, like, you know, take it for granted that the kicker mm. totally kicked it deep. And he was just right there, and he recovered it. So, you know, I think we see the coaching staff talk, or we hear them talk about how, like, they trust Gary. And uh, I think that kind of – moments like that kind of speak probably – or they, that kind of, like, validates their trust in him. You know, they, they yeah. just feel like they can trust him. Um, yep. I want to talk about some guys who didn't practice Jimmy because we have a report out there. Derek Barnett. And Javon Hargrave, we kind of have more clarity on their injuries, I guess, since we last recorded yesterday. Um, Derek Barnett dealing with an ankle injury, which, by the way, he was dealing with one late last season that caused him to miss two games. Unclear if it's the same ankle or the same issue or what, but I just wanted to note that. And then Javon Hargrave dealing with a pictorial strain, according to ESPN's Tim McManus. Uh, NFL Network is saying they both have a realistic shot at being ready for the opener, but... To me, Jimmy, like it's almost not. That's not good. That's not. That's not good uh, uh, verbiage there. It's not <laughs> you don't want to hear. Have a good shot of playing of making the first season. You know, the first game of the season. Because it means if they even if they do, they're probably not going to be a hundred percent. Yes, that's that's exactly my point here. It's not like this to me is still an issue. I mean, because like even if they're missing time in camp, like we saw this with Barnett last year. We kind of talked about this yesterday, but like you know, it was supposed to be a big deal this offseason that he's like entering the year with a clean bill of health yeah, and you know, he's going to be a breakout player. And uh, Jim Swart said he still thinks Derek Barnett's going to have an, uh, an outstanding year in quotes, very high on him, but you know, it, it's pretty not great to me that Barnett is coming into the season. hurt. Is it going to be another season where he's like playing through pain? He's not fully effective. Like that would be annoying to see. And then with Hargrave, 
he posted on Instagram that he is, quote, good and ready for the season. So encouraging, I guess, if you can take that for uh, face value. But, like, he's still missing, like, the only practice time he was going to get with his new team. Yeah. And, and, like, defensive linemen might not be as important of a position for that in terms of communication and what as, as, you know, linebacker and safety, as Jim Schwartz kind of talked about. Still, like, he's adjusting to a new scheme and, like, new teammates. And, like, he's not going to have that time. Like, he's just going to go out there week one at best – probably and like just be playing like that kind of seems like you can't even you know play him fully or or is he even going to be 100 percent effective i don't know i for one brandon am shocked that the eagles are facing uh, injury adversity <laughs> and you can definitely <laughs> trust these timetables too by the way you know if that's <laughs> right if that's anything we know about these eagles injuries <laughs> like they're definitely going to be back when the reports say they are Hargrave, by the way, uh, has a, a solid history of, of durability. Let me just look him up. He's only missed quick. one game. It was in his rookie season. Is that it? Yeah, okay. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he has been healthy for the duration of his career. But, but so. so was Millie Jackson before he had that season. Yeah, yeah, yeah last very year. true. Yep, yep. So sometimes it's just bad luck. All right. Well, you got any final thoughts? Nothing too great. I'm just doing a, a last check through my notes here. Uh, Jalen Rager, Quez Watkins, Corey Clement, and Adrian Killens were the guys back taking kick returns. Mr. Darren Sproles is out there, kind of giving some pointers to the young guys. Yep. It's day two of training camp. I guess, you know, it, it's kind of crazy because it's day two, but they're also only less than a month away. Uh, yeah, I guess nothing too great here, Jimmy. Just obviously telling everyone to keep following along with our work at bleedinggreennation.com and phillyvoice.com and, and following us on Twitter at Brandon Gowton and at Jimmy Kemsky. Did you do any final thoughts, Jimmy? I didn't realize the Flyers were playing right this second. Yeah, they're playing. <laughs> uh, obviously, yeah. <laughs> it's game four. This will be worthless as I say this, but it's tied 0 0 right now. <laughs> That's right. Let's go, Flyers. <laughs> uh, also, Brandon, uh, did you know that uh, Kristen Roach of Roach Realty? Oh, made me know. mac and cheese when I got home from practice today. How was it? It was excellent. It was I, Annie's. It's like a different version. It's like a there's craft and then there's yeah. I've had Annie's. Them. Annie's is good. It was the yeah. shells. They were really good. Mm, okay. So if you're buying or selling a house, call her at eight five six nine zero six nine two nine five. And Annie's not a sponsor. Just a you know free plug there. <laughs> no, they, 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 it was excellent though. I believe it. Yeah, and you know what also is excellent too. <laughs> What's that? That's Bryce's Craft Jerky, which <laughs> which is what BGN Radio is brought to you by proudly. And obviously, don't forget to use discount code BGN15 at checkout to get 15% off when you order $50 or more. Jimmy, we'll be back at practice on Wednesday, August 19th to watch, observe, and then we'll come back to you with another podcast here. Sound good? Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. And make sure you check out the new show on BGN Radio Dropping Daily, which is called Quick Jam that Michael Kist is doing. It's kind of like an audio mm. version of the link. You know the link, Jimmy, that link post yeah. every morning on BGN. So it's okay. kind of like that. It's for people, you know, sometimes like you can't, you don't have the time to get a full episode in. Well, like go listen to Michael Kist Quick Jam. It's only like nine, 10 minutes. So kind of just. That's a good know. idea. Yeah. There you go. So go check that out. Subscribe to BGN Radio. Rate, download, review, all that good stuff. And we will see you next time. Let me try this again. Goodbye, everybody. P G N.